0: Welcome to Caffeine Insanity, a podcast about RPG horror playthroughs. I am Jason, your host, and our guests, our players are Professor Jacobs, Agent Jackson Buck Thorburn, criminal expert and security consultant Drake Ashford as well as Agent Bob Carlton. Now, we just had a test session that went quite well, and we will be starting off with the home scenes for that. So why doesn't everyone describe what they will do for their home scenes? Who's going first? I guess you could.
1: I guess I can. All right. I think um, since the last operation went... Uh, as it did with uh, all the time fuckery and uh, things switching around, uh, different outcomes. I think this being uh, Jackson's first operation, uh, he's definitely going to spend some some time uh, with his wife, um, mainly because in one of the realities, uh, she was hospitalized in that in the car accident. Um, so I think when they finally, uh, finish the operation, they're able to get home. Um, he's just going to spend some time with her and, uh, you know, take her out to dinner. We go to the, uh, depending on what time of year it is, when we go to the state fair.
0: Okay. So you will choose to increase the bond with your wife.
1: Yes. yes, I
0: will. Is she, is she going to simultaneously both be your sanity drop and and your uh, your increase for your home scenes? Like, she going to be like a sanity bank for you?
1: Pretty much she's the only bank <laughs> I got. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Yeah, I saw she started off quite high. Um, so you can roll for that and state the result.
1: Do I need to roll just sanity or?
2: Yeah, I believe it's a sanity check to, what is this? Um, quality time with your bond, basically. Fulfill obligations, I believe is what it's called.
3: Yep. Um, I believe if you fail, you gain one point. Uh, 1d6 if you succeed, I think.
1: Well, I then... failed.
3: And you I think you gained 1 point with the
2: newerata. Okay.
1: I was uh, 97 out of 85. So that's 1 point.
2: Yeah, you only lose it on a critical failure, I believe. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. I'll so take the 1
1: point.
0: You uh, you take her out to dinner, you take her out to the fair, and these are pretty normal things for a uh, husband and wife to do, but something about her, something about it Makes her feel like it's kind of forced, you know. You, you're you not usually this spontaneous that you would try to take her from one place to another to another to gain all these experiences. And while she may appreciate the gesture, she feels a bit more overwhelmed by it. Okay. Then, let's say Drake... You mentioned before that you were going to do some training.
4: Yeah, got a little messed up during part of uh, the operation last. So he has gotten in touch with some of the uh, operators at his company and has done some uh, training with them. Um, And I went for alertness and firearms. I managed to improve the alertness, but my firearms is staying where it's at.
0: All right. So you you go to the range and you're hitting the targets, but you're not feeling like you're gaining anything new from the instructor. Then for your alertness, uh, uh, you know, I'm not quite sure what kind of training you would do for alertness. It's
4: probably like room clearing drills and, uh, you know, reads on different situations I'm talking to people about body language and and um you know the Gavin De Becker getting left a bang stuff.
0: Yeah. So you do those things and it's mostly a rehearsal of things you've heard before, but you glean some insights some things you hadn't thought of before and you feel that that has contributed to your ability to see things where others might not detect it. Agent Bob Carlton, what are you doing for your home scene?
2: So Bob was sort of similar. He felt like he uh, suffered um, kind of a beating from someone he never expected he would uh, have trouble with. Um, So he takes a little trip down to Glencoe for a little bit of um, supplemental training.
0: Okay, so you're going to practice your unarmed.
2: Yeah, he's going to be practicing um, unarmed and athletics, just like while he's there. He does some physical fitness training and then specifically unarmed combat.
0: Okay, you can roll for that.
2: All right, first is the unarmed combat. Okay. Which he does not fail at he's he got beat up by a junkie, but he's he's too good for these trainers
0: yes, yeah, so and also
2: um is not feeling um not feeling tested by the uh, obstacle courses, so he also fails at improving his athletics.
0: Yeah, that, uh, that's that got to hurt. Uh, you get the feeling that while your heart may be pounding, and you're doing all this exercise, you're not learning anything you haven't done before. You would best describe the trainer as a self-defense trainer rather than a bona fide federal agent, unarmed combat trainer. You uh, perhaps don't even get along with him, feeling that he doesn't belong. And yeah, he was he- probably
2: just filling in for the normal guy.
0: Exactly. That that would be a good way to put it. And then the obstacle courses, uh there's a new batch of recruits, so the obstacle courses have all been uh kind of simplified rather than heightened for someone trying to go above and beyond. Professor Jacobs, what do you do on your home scene?
3: Professor Jacobs. He had every intention to fulfill his responsibility. When he got back, he had every intention after that entire ordeal to fulfill his responsibilities with his protégé, Brooklyn. He was in his office. It was a melancholic day. The photograph that, well, his friend, Professor Winston, Gave to him made him get into a melancholic mood. He'll be laying down near his desk, surrounded by various books, just with a soccer ball, not soccer ball, tennis ball, and just throwing it across the room. It hits the floor, the wall and then back to his hand, and he would repeat it. Just like he did in the 70s. And no matter how much his phone rang, nothing. He just kept doing it as he was just remembering the good times. I rolled for this, and it was a fumble. He rolled a 55, and his charisma is only a 40. Gotcha. So he was attempting to improve a bond. But Correct. Practiced... He was going to fulfill responsibilities with Brooklyn, improve the bond, and show her that he actually cares for her basically training and improving her skills. And he gave every indication that tonight he was going to meet up, so then he would listen to her and see what new project or whatever new uh, theory she'd been working on in regard to her studies. And he even called her and let her know that around this hour he would be available. But he just kept looking at the photo. The phone would keep ringing. He would keep throwing the ball. He would remember his wife, his friend Winston. The room would fade away to look like the 70s as he would just breathe and he didn't want to be with anyone. In this case, the bond will be degraded by 1d4 and he loses one sand point. All right,
0: you do that now. We have to rewind a bit, uh, because we're going to talk about how your team met. The operation you have just done is your second operation. This is how your first went down. And this is how the four of you met and were recruited. We will start off with Drake Ashford. He is driving a silver Toyota Corolla with fake license plates. It is night, and within the car is him wearing black gloves and driving past industrial parks on an overpass. He takes a right to get on an exit and quickly pulls into the parking lot of a warehouse. Drake, you're expecting to meet someone here who is a buyer for something that you obtained less than legally. You've stolen a book. It looks old. At least 200 years. It's leather-bound. And you can only assume that it's collectible, but you didn't look inside. As you pull up to the warehouse, a man approaches your car and asks you to identify himself. Yourself. He's not police. He is clearly security for a criminal organization. And... Enter
4: Drake. I'm supposed to be here. If uh, the people who sent you are expecting me, you should know what you're looking for.
0: He asks you for a password that you would know. I would provide it. He asks you to step off. Step out and turn off your vehicle. I comply. He begins to pat you down and he feels the book on your chest. He reaches into your pocket and begins to pull it out.
4: I think we have a transaction to take care of first.
0: Without saying anything, he looks back at you in the eyes, and smirks as he slides the book back in. He steps away towards a large warehousing door and pulls it to the side. Boss is waiting for you upstairs.
4: Much obliged.
0: And the scene breaks. Jackson, you are in a office, it is an ATF office and you have with you several papers, several pieces of gear and you're currently working on an investigation, but you find yourself digging through some of these old papers when you come across an envelope. It's got a green triangle on it.
1: Okay. And just to clarify, this this is our first operation. This is this is not.
0: Yes, this would be a prequel to the last op.
1: Okay. Um <clears throat> so I would assume that I know what the the green triangle means, right? You... That's a complicated question.
0: You remember back to an operation you had where you were busting a compound for illegally possessing firearms and it going sideways. What do you remember of that operation?
1: Um, From what... Jackson remembers uh, there was he was doing a raid with his team Um, he's the the tactical medic and um, they were raiding the compound everything was pretty much by the book till like he said everything went sideways Um, seemed to be a a group of radical cultists that were, well, in Jackson's mind, had uh, what's what he can only comprehend as force powers from Star Wars, um, and that led to his his entire team getting wiped out.
0: So he accidentally, oh, it was the it was the cultist who had what you would describe as force powers, right? Correct. You think back to this operation and the report that you wrote afterwards, the superiors who talked to you and said what the hell is this, what kind of an incident report is this, you know, what really happened, and it's led to you being slightly shunned by those who have read your incident report. Again, you find yourself staring at this envelope with a green triangle on it.
1: I, uh, just open it up, stick a, a finger in the, um, little opening slot and tear it open.
0: Inside is an envelope that said says, If you're looking for what really happened to your team we will be in contact.
1: There's no phone number, no pseudonym. Just, uh, just that.
0: Only that. Only a promise that someone would get in touch with you soon about your team.
1: I think he'll, uh, he'll stare at it for a few moments, the thoughts memories running through his head for a moment kind of getting lost before he comes to his senses and folds up the piece of paper and puts it in his back pocket tossing the envelope in the garbage
0: which seems reasonable given that this is an envelope you received six months ago and you've heard from no one since regarding your team not even your superiors have anything to add
1: I think that would definitely incite a little bit of frustration as well.
0: I would imagine it would. Perhaps by this point you feel as if you've been pranked. Leaning back and taking a sigh, your partner rushes over to you and says, Jack, Jack, get grab your shit.
1: What going down was, tonight. What's going on?
0: The raid. Raid compound in Baltimore. You know, the big case. We've got Shit. the Baltimore PD together. Somebody from the Marshals somehow got himself in on the op. It's going down tonight.
1: All right. Um, yeah, let me go get my gear. Um, I'll, I'll uh, swing by with you whenever I'm ready. All right. Sounds good. So,
0: you begin to suit up. You're in a room full of people suiting up. It's a armory. You catch the glimpse of someone who doesn't seem to belong. Because he's not wearing ATF. He's wearing United States Marshal Service body armor. You catch a glimpse of his name tag and it says Agent
1: Carlton. Hmm. Um... I'll just kind of look over at him, and uh, I'll say, "How'd the marshals get involved?"
0: Dude, I don't know. And it's just this one guy, too. I guess he pulled whatever strings he could to get involved.
1: Hmm. I'll just I'll continue putting my gear on, and uh, when whenever I'm, uh, whenever I'm all suited up and ready to go, I'll just follow follow the team. Bob before
0: tonight you've been working on an investigation of your own and I think it's best that you describe it but to my understanding you have been following a paper trail
2: yep Um, one of the main things that Bob investigates are financial crimes and he has been Digging through a lot of financial records of several different um, weapons manufacturers, and along with a variety of military contractors, and they are all connected. Uh, that's initially how he came onto each of them. They're all connected through some—how would you say it? How they're all connected through some contracts that seem to come from government agencies, and then also contracts that seem to come from lobbying groups, contracts that seem to come from nonprofits, they're all contracting through these same organizations. They're all mixed together and as he's following this trail, following this trail, it eventually leads to a um to him discovering an organization named March Technologies that seems to be um handling a lot of this business and moving a lot of these contracts and as soon as he finds that he hasn't even brought it to his superiors as soon as he finds that he receives word from his superiors to cease his investigation and hand it off to another agency and then he's called into an office um on what he thinks is going to be disciplinary action correct
0: So, to add to that, it has been handed off to another agency, but you're not going down without a fight. It's been handed off to the ATF, and somehow it has become an investigation that targets a warehouse, which sounds almost nothing like what you were originally investigating, but some of the paper trail still indicates that this warehouse might be a fall guy. You
2: know they yeah, he definitely recognizes the warehouse it was in um, multiple trails of the documentation
0: so up until this point, we will say that you have gone past your superiors to stay on this case and you've pu- you've pulled whatever bureaucratic levers you could to get on this ATF investigation until now, you are gearing up with the ATF on a raid Drake All right. oh Drake we return to you you're being led up a staircase uh in this industrial iron and steel warehouse into a room with a man sitting in a chair and a bodyguard You also catch to your left, near a window, a safe. You recognize this safe as one that is often sold to people who want extra security. But you know by experience, because you've broken into them before, that these safes aren't shit. They can be broken into easily. And that's just a thought that you have in your mind. Good to know. Hey, come in. So you got what I was looking for? I do. You have
4: what we agreed upon?
0: He looks over to his bodyguard and gives a nod. His bodyguard walks over to the safe, opens it, pulls out a roll, of a rubber banded roll of bills and comes forward to you.
4: Put out my hand. And he puts out his own. I'll take the bills. Quick rifle through to make sure they're non-sequential, that there's no dummies in there. And satisfied, I'll tuck it away and pull out the book. Set it on the table. Business done well. You know,
0: I think we could keep doing this. You know, I work with people who... In addition to moving drugs, in addition to moving weapons, they might diversify. They move exotic animals, cars, any sort of things that people would buy. But these artifacts? Man, I don't know who the fuck pays this much money for a book when everything is online now. These morons. But I tell you what, you snatch it from some old man's home, you sell it to who knows who and we both walk away happy this is easy money and I want to be using you again
4: hey this was um kismet shall we say I don't specialize in this type of thing <laughs>
0: well for someone who doesn't specialize in this type of thing you were all too willing to take the job
4: yeah we can continue but it's gonna be a case-by-case basis I know how to contact you.
0: Now. Kind of nod. Now. Outside, unbeknownst to you, are men taking position. Jackson, you are near the front uh, of one such breaching group. Behind you is this marshal he's going to be watching your back
1: all right <clears throat> i'll just uh i'll stand by uh, weapon in the low ready position and just get ready to breach
0: okay
2: And Bob will stack right behind him and tap him on the shoulder.
0: A man silently counts. Three, two, one. And you hear an explosion. Immediately, agents begin to enter and men inside turn around with guns, facing you. We will enter combat. Now, because this is a vignette, I intend for it to be easy, but we will say there are two crooks, and you are in a team that is Jackson, Carlton, and an extra SWAT guy who will get shot up for you. Okay. Who has the highest dexterity between the two of you? I
4: have a 12.
2: And I have a 13.
4: All At right. 14, can I react to this explosion?
0: Yes. Uh, so we will in essence say that you are part of the combat, but you are upstairs. So while there's shooting going on, you have a little bit of option for what you want to do. People rush out of this so-called boss man's office to go downstairs and confront the commotion. Meanwhile, this shadowy boss man is being escorted out a window with his bodyguard as they attempt to run away across rooftops. The room is alone to yourself. What do you do?
4: Um. So as soon as the explosion went down, was the book still on the table? You can roll luck
0: to see if they forgot to even grab it okay and then you let me know what the result is
4: Uh, that's a 10 okay they forgot the book well, that book is going right back in the pocket, and I am going out a window.
0: Okay, you skip the safe.
4: Hmm. Uh, you said it would be relatively easy. Uh, are, are we talking like oh five minutes? Or are we talking like I can pop this thing with, uh, you know, the manufacturer's codes in in seconds?
0: When I say easy, I mean you will have to use your lock picking skill. Okay. And if these two crooks downstairs, which you don't know how many, but if the crooks get wiped out very easily, you're going to get some angry cops telling you to put your hands up.
4: Yeah, it's too good of a mark though because they can't say anything to me about it since they got raided. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go for it.
0: Okay. We will we will say that picking up the book is very easy. So you can roll a lock pick first. Go for it. No, that's
4: an 86.
0: All right. So, with the sounds of gunshots going off, you cannot quite easily focus on the subtle movements inside the lock.
4: Yeah, um, he's not going to stick around past that, but I imagine that's my turn, so we'll leave it there. Yes,
0: that is your turn. And next, it was Bob, who had the highest dexterity.
4: Yeah, Bob
2: does have higher than uh, Buck.
0: Okay, you presumably have an assault rifle, and in front of you immediately are two crooks.
2: Um, I think Bob would probably just be carrying his um, his issued uh shotgun
0: all right um
2: which sadly won't let me spray these guys but uh (laughs) but it is what he is best uh, best trained for
0: yes these uh worthless npcs do not have armor on they have their guns and you can choose to target one so you can roll firearms and then roll for your shotgun
2: all right. Uh, yep. Yeah, Bob steps into the room, going to the right of uh, of Buck, and takes a shot at the right hand of the two uh, from our our angle.
0: Okay. Make the rolls.
2: All right. That's a seventy under one hundred.
0: All right. So you hit your target.
2: which is for 9 points of damage.
0: He collapses to the ground. Jackson. You see one of the crooks in front of your 3-man fire team go down. There is one still in front of you, turning his focus towards you.
1: Um uh, is he like pulling his gun up on me? Yes. Okay. I'll uh, raise my my rifle and I'll take a shot.
0: Alright. Roll for firearms and then I saw you have a 1d12 plus 3 rifle is what you're using? Yes. Okay. Roll for that.
1: It's a critical success.
0: Okay. So you blow his skull apart and he is down. All
1: right. Um, after that, I know I can in in a turn when taking an action, you can also move only just a little bit. So I will uh, start moving towards the the uh, downed ATF agent.
0: Um, I did not say that an ATF agent was down. It was a. Crook who went down. Oh,
1: sorry. I guess I must yeah. have. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mistook that.
0: All right. Yeah. Um. I, but you know what? There was a gun. There was a gunfire, and we can say that an ATF agent got hit badly. You could go to him if you'd like.
1: Yeah, I would love to.
0: The firefight is completely one-sided. The crooks get annihilated by a tactical gear wearing ATF, and. With the calmness of after battle, you hear the moans of wounded individuals. One such is an ATF, and you approach him.
1: Okay, uh, just generally looking at him as I approach, how bad does it look? Pretty bad. Where's he hit at? Side of his head. Oh, shit okay uh he's still he awake and conscious okay uh, I'm
0: yes groaning around
1: i'm gonna run over and i'll i'll uh unclip my medical bag next to him and uh i'll start taking stuff out and and i'll say say all right buddy you're gonna be you're gonna be fine all right it doesn't look that bad i got it all right you're good As
0: you begin to perform first aid, the minutes pass by, the troops, or not the troops, but the agents begin securing the scene, and you hear your commander shouting into his phone. And Bob would hear this too.
1: I probably wouldn't pay too much attention um, to that as I'm uh, trying to save this guy's life.
2: But Bob would definitely listen.
0: Do you approach the ATF? Uh, leading Leading commander on the scene? Leading officer? I'm not sure what you would call him.
2: Probably agent or special agent in charge. Special leader.
0: agent in charge. I like that one. He's shouting into his phone.
2: Uh, yeah, I would approach and ask him what's going on. Hey, what what's going on over here?
0: I've got four ATF agents wounded who need to go to the hospital. Months of planning to raid this warehouse, and now I'm getting called at this moment that there are four FBI agents arriving and that they're going to assume the entire scene. And we're supposed to clear out after after all this damn work we did. Is Is this friends of yours?
2: No, I got pulled off this whole case before you did. Um, I can stay here, though. I am a federal marshal. This is our jurisdiction. I could just stay to liaise for you and get you in contact with them. Well, we're going to need some backup because I'm not leaving this fucking scene.
0: I don't care. I don't care. What kind of jurisdictional bullshit is going on? This is my men's blood for this scene. He begins to look over with the sound of a black van pulling up and doors opening with four agents coming out. Jackson, you would notice this as
1: well. Okay. Uh, Am I good? Like, have I finished up rendering aid to this guy? You have stabilized him for now okay um, and ambulance
0: are arriving
1: cool uh, i'll f- I'll quickly turn over with the uh, the ambulance people the uh, the MT- uh, and then I'll go link up with the uh, team leader and see what's going on as you link up with the team leader, one of
0: these men in suits arrives and introduces himself. Hello, I'm Agent Carson. This is Agent Wentz, Agent Morgan, and Agent Jones. We're here to take control of this scene, and he flashes a badge.
2: Um, oh, Bob. I, I will walk right up to him and uh, shake his hand and be like, Welcome to the scene, guys. Uh, I'm not sure why the FBI is taking over here. I don't know of any reason. This would be your jurisdiction. Can I get everyone's uh, card? They And and he will also offer his business card to each of them.
0: Roll humant. Or tell me what your humant is, because it is a calm scene now.
2: Uh, My humant is 61.
0: Okay, then you notice they're kind of glancing at each other as if trying to hide a little bit of nervousness. They hand over their badges to you.
2: Alright, um, if they don't offer me business cards with their names and phone numbers, I'll just write down their names and badge numbers on a pad and then ask for their phone numbers.
0: They will provide you with phone numbers. Jackson, are you looking at these badges as well?
1: Yeah, uh, I think I I generally would if I'm standing around just trying to uh, take in what's happening. I'll glance at them.
0: I want both of you to roll Criminology.
1: Criminology. 40 out
0: of 50. Okay, and Bob?
2: 53 out of 70.
0: You, Bob, you look over at Agent Jackson, and Agent Jackson looks over at you almost is if you knew to look at each other, you both realize that these are obviously fake badges.
2: Um, I give sort of like an eye movement to Jackson just to indicate that I'm seeing something a little odd. And then I turn back to the four guys and I say, all right, agents, um, can you get us a written, um, order that says you're taking over the scene and just come back when it's ready. We'll we'll hold down the scene for you and start the prep work.
0: No, you, you know that's really not necessary. We already have the papers. I mean, they should be in your email or your fax machine sitting there by now. As if he's trying to convince you of something.
1: You know, yeah. su- supervisor on call.
0: I uh one of them steps forward. I I believe this is as much
1: authority as you need. All right, I'll look over at uh, Agent Carlton again.
2: And he looks back.
1: Oh, <laughs> I'll turn my head towards the rest of them. Um... And, and I'll say, I mean, I think those badges say otherwise. I think you're going to want to call your supervisor down here.
2: Yeah, this is, this is our scene until we're ordered off of it. And uh, I have not seen anything from you to indicate that you have jurisdiction over it. So how about you guys go get some paperwork and we'll be here.
0: They look at each other and step back as they walk back towards their black SUV
2: so Buck those were definitely all fake right oh yeah alright can uh... hmm.
0: the special agent on charge says fake What they weren't FBI
2: I don't think so those yeah, badges it... didn't look real to me
1: doesn't look like it sir but I got
0: called through the appropriate channels that people from the FBI would be taking over the scene. And then these men arrive, and you're saying that they're not who they say they are.
1: I kind of shrug my shoulders, and I'll say, above my pay grades sir."
2: Maybe the FBI is showing up later, and these guys just tried to slip in in between. Who knows?
1: Then who the
0: fuck... He's going to pull out his gun and tell these four men to get on the ground.
1: Shit. Okay, I'll I, i <laughs> I'll follow. I'll put up my rifle uh, and just, just follow with him.
2: Uh, yeah, Bob did not expect this escalation, although I guess he should have with a normal agent and also pulls up his gun. Look, the four of you. Now, I don't know who you are, but we have to get
0: we have to get an understanding of who you are exactly before we can let you go. To which one of them replies Everything we'll check out. We uh we're gonna call our people. And they look a little bit confident for people being suspected of a felony. They are dragged away by ATF agents who cuff them and place them under arrest. And to finish off the scene, what are your existing thoughts so far?
1: Uh, that was fucking weird. Pretty much. I, I'm probably not going to put too much thought into it. Um, we got him and I'm sure some investigators will figure out who these guys are and probably not going to hear anything about it. So why not think about it?
2: Bob is definitely feeling like this is heavily connected to why he was pulled off the case in the beginning. So he's thinking that somebody up the chain is trying to get this whole investigation lost in the shuffle.
0: That... <clears throat> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you would definitely suspect that weird things are going on, given the, the months of looking into this going on. And now, men in a black van arrive, appear to be fake FBI. I would imagine you suspect some sort of a cover-up, some sort of a conspiracy.
4: And... Did I uh, have a chance to uh, get away during this pissing contest, or is it a... Uh... Yeah, uh, we can say
0: that you had a chance to get away across the rooftops, or if you would like to leave it up to chance, roll as a police officer or ATF agent is chasing you. Okay. Do you choose to do so, or, uh, just say that you managed to get away? I'll leave that up to you.
4: Uh... I think during this, and especially with uh, all the extra stuff going on, it would have been relatively easy for him to get away with his his skills. So, uh... Yeah. He definitely is confused, though, because this was selling a book. Yeah, it was illegally obtained, but it was a fucking book. So you're beginning to wonder if
0: the raid happened on that night because of you and this book
4: a little concerned
0: for sure Bob you receive a call Drake you receive a call and Jackson your commanding agent receives a call you all receive similar information. Jackson and Bob, what your superior agent tells you is someone thinks you fucked up. Alright? You're being, uh, you're being called this is from my boss's boss. To go to this address tomorrow, just outside of Baltimore. And I guess it's some sort of a performance review. If you don't go, I can only imagine that your ass is grass. If you catch my drift.
1: Jackson's definitely shooting bricks.
0: <laughs> and Drake, likewise, you receive a call from some anonymous person saying... I know you stole the book. I don't care about it that much, but I need some of of your skill set. If you don't come to this address tomorrow, at this time, we will send over proof to the police that you are in possession of the book and that you were spotted at the private collection where it was taken.
4: Uh... Drake listens to the call, takes note of the information, hangs up, and kind of laughs. Like, this is not how you go about this. He'll take steps to cover his ass so that nothing can be proved, but he's still curious about who is trying to reach him this way, so he'll go to the meeting.
0: Makes sense. And then Bob and Carlton, do you have any thoughts about the situation? Uh, Jackson said he's shitting bricks. Yep, that's about right. Did I say Bob and Carlton?
2: Yeah, you know, this duo oh. this duo <laughs> of agents that we that I am. Um we are Legion. Um No, Bob will uh he'll go to the meeting. It's he he's very concerned because he has never like he can't imagine what kind of meeting he'd be going to at some address that he doesn't know instead of just at one of the Marshall's facilities. So he's confused and concerned, um, and a little worried that this is some further, like extrajudicial, deep, uh, deep criminal action that he's uh, getting further involved in. Um, quick question, handler: Should we Go roll sanity checks for killing people, or are, are we good since it was just sort of like a little scene? This is just a little scene. Okay.
0: Uh, This, we would all say, is the kind of sanity you would lose from the job that you're in. You know, kind of base stuff for you.
2: But yeah, Bob is is going to go. He's just uh, a little little worried about his life in, in this circumstance rather than his job, which he usually would be.
0: So you're actually worrying that you've dug too deep, you've ignored your superiors, and now...
2: Someone really wants to shut you up yeah he was he was expecting to get a slap on the wrist for putting himself like detailing himself to an a t f um uh case that he was no longer supposed to be involved in he he expected to get a reprimand, but uh getting called out to some address that he's never heard of uh in any reference to his his work that that worries him,
0: yeah, yeah that for sure I uh I think I will give you an inspiration point for this vignette I liked the level of detail you have put in